0: This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Jenny has a community on Instagram that is like so involved and like from all over the world. Is it all over the world or is it just the United States? Yes.
1: Well, no, I have some people. Yeah, I've done consult calls with two people in Abu Dhabi. Wow. And yes, Ukraine, Israel india what, i mean in prime
0: ukraine during the war no, no. before and i
1: i wish i like remembered exactly which followers were from where because i wanted to reach out specifically but yeah my the m- most major city obviously is new york yeah and then la is actually the second is this my gift well
0: right that's your gift
1: this is so cute Okay so you do this, uh, this
0: is laura's this amazing here. So Laura is an, um, a mom curious. Your type handwriting is
1: weirdly impeccable. Like who are you?
0: Um, thanks. <laughs> it's like the only visual art I actually have in me. I was talking to um, Chelsea of the Doe Project, and we were just like sort of gawking at your beautiful yurt
1: that you did. You're a visual. Where were you?
0: I don't know what a yurt really is. I just Wait, called it a you yurt. Were you at Yumble
1: last night? So I was at Yumble oh last God, night at Lalo. I don't even talk to me about that. I'm so upset that I missed that and has event.
0: It's okay. You're the queen. You are no, like I'm a- upset. Oh, just because you wanted to hang out with people. Listen, I want to. I get to hang out with you here, so I feel totally satiated so by this. Yeah. You know? I really am such a fan of yours. Like, like such a genuine, honest fan that like. I know that anything you say is gonna be a value. I really do. You're like everything so you nice. live is of value. Really. I love you. Um, so whatever I, comes out comes out. It comes still out.
1: astonishes me when people think that. Yeah. Like when I recently um not like oh all these people, but when I recently like the things people said.
0: Yeah, I saw. No, I
1: guess it doesn't astonish me, but I just love that people know it's it's all like so authentic and real. Like you, know, you clearly know I'm an over-apologizer. So yeah, which I'm is always... so funny because
0: you're so gracious with me. I missed my shift today. And somehow <gasps> you're apologizing for being 10 minutes late. I literally just dropped the ball. You know, it's really interesting. You are such a nurturer, like, by nature. I
1: can't believe
0: that, that I did that. I'm so sorry. <gasps> but uh, anyway. Shit, if is pissed. They're all pissed. Nora I was, was like, who is, so, so Nora and Meg, they just were like, but who okay. is covering? And I just said, in, in no one. I really, I messed up. Know. I, 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 I had all these dates. I, it, I thought I got it covered. It's feeding. It's feeding. It's I didn't. I'm so sorry. Because the truth is, it's like such a mom, like a mom brain moment. Yeah. And you employ mothers.
1: Yes, it, it reminds me of, and it's so cosmic because I saw on the list that she's coming in today, Oh, Rachel Nix. She will be totally fine that I'm sharing. She had a moment like that where she was at an event with me and was supposed to be teaching. And you have so much wrapped up into that feeling of like disappointment, but then it's like... I always go back to what example, like, what do I want my kids to feel when they grow up and have these moments? And mistakes are okay. Yeah. It's not like make mistakes and drop the ball every which way, but we can't beat ourselves up.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's also not helpful to beat yourself up. I spent years of my life beating myself up and it never got me anywhere on time. Same. (laughs)
1: Like,
0: it it never, you know stopped me from dropping any
1: balls. Like I it, mean, we could have a whole conversation about the psychology behind all of that and getting places on time and stuff and, like, what is most effective with that. But instead, we'll just say that I totally understood when I walked in and you're like, I missed my shift at your play space. Where you employ me? <laughs> well, first you said you missed yours too. No, I was joking with you. You didn't get
0: the joke because you were so upset that you were late that you didn't even get the joke. Oh, my but God. But I'm right. the one who missed it. The truth is, like, you know, as, like, beautiful as you are as a mother, I think, as a mentor for your employees and for the women, uh, mostly women online, right, and on yeah, your Yeah, but that's
1: also one of the reasons I changed it from Mo Mommies to Jenny Monette's, Oh, Because I wanted to welcome non-moms as well.
0: Oh, and do non-moms
1: follow? yeah. And grandparents and fathers and caregivers. Yeah. That's amazing.
0: So that's what, so our hope for this podcast is basically to talk to these non-moms, maybe moms, like, sure, like, I think it's a good idea to be a mother if you want to be. I also think it's a good idea to not be a mother if you don't want to be, because, like, we need, like, well-adjusted people on Earth. We don't need more people. (laughs) Um... (laughs) And I think a lot of I think a lot of people who would and do tune into this um, might relate to your fertility journey. And I, I, you speak so candidly about it, and I just wanted to, you know, yeah. And something else
1: before I dive in, you know, if there's non-moms listening into this, what other things we'll talk about are many things that. I'm grateful I knew about before I was a mom. And we talked about that a little bit in just our friendship. Yeah. How, yeah, learning a lot of the stuff that I guide parents on and that we connect on is so helpful before becoming a parent, even in the fertility journey. I like to say fertility journey because whoever knows if you're infertile. I mean, I definitely didn't, which I'll talk about in a second. But, uh, yeah, just anyway, during that – Time, yeah, you don't know, right? Until unless you've been knocked up many times prior to wanting to become a mother, you don't really know.
0: Or I, I do know that some people like check their eggs beforehand. Oh, okay. like if they know that they want to wait and they just want to yes, see what's going on inside. For sure. Um, and then I do know one other person who donated. Nope, she didn't donate. She sold her eggs. So she knew what was going on fertility wise for her because she was, she did, that's how right. she was making money um, in her 20s. So there are a couple of instances where, where I. Where you can now. Yeah, yeah. I guess there are and three. And I guess also with
1: your partner, right? Like that that was part of our journey. I you didn't know? know
0: that. You know who pointed that out? And I'm like a huge Jenny Monas devotee so much so that I like. Well, I you work, slipped
1: up. What did you miss? I missed.
0: I actually missed. And Laura found this out. She has it in our notes right here. I didn't know that Matt, your your husband, also yeah, was, like was a, a part of this fertility, infertility uh, yeah. journey.
1: So, yeah, before uh, you, I'm older than him, I met him as a fresh. He was a freshman. I was a senior. And so there was always this, you know, tension over time line mm-hmm. with moving in getting engaged getting married having kids so I was ready before him anyhow I said you know I'll relax if I just know that we're going to be okay for some reason I have a feeling you know there was like more and more people around me I had been on birth control for ages and ages which you know they say can affect I, they, yeah. your, your cycle. Yeah. So went off that first. And what people don't really talk about is just how hard that is, right? You're on this specific level of hormones for what? For me, it was like half my life at the time. You know, I was 32, so probably since I was 16. Yeah, half my life. 17. Um, and no one, like, talks about – like, I was emotionally a mess from that. My skin was horrific. And that affects me emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I like that you can admit that. Actually, oh my god, like it like destroys me. Yeah, really? not in necessarily a superficial way, which I guess it is. It's more just like you don't feel as good. Also, because so
0: something's ro- if it, I get this rash on my chest, which is like kind of embarrassing, but also so indicative of like well, what's going on on the exactly. inside. It's like it's right. really it's a reflection like this of, like,
1: of like reminder of like the turmoil in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I was already, and people say when you, you're you ready to have kids, you go from zero to a hundred. Someone said that to me. I'm like, no, I'm like so much more relaxed than that. But it clearly does happen. Once you want it, it can't happen soon enough. Yeah. Um, but he was still on the, the fence about it. So I was like, listen, I'll like let up if you get checked, check your sperm. I'm going and getting like my cycles on track i'm going to acupuncture like i'm like having herbs like i was doing all this stuff because my period was irregular after i went off yeah i was like so can we just you know kind of do this together so he went and it wasn't great so that's when i was just like we have to do we have to take the next step whatever whatever we tried a little bit without taking the next step and then you mean like
0: intervention
1: yeah we did an iui which is what when they spin the sperm or whatever you know yeah prepare it and put it right inside you at the right time like
0: a, a like a turkey baster right that's yeah, what they that's do what they, they, they
1: actually mean. use that no oh, okay this is just, that's just like a thing that i heard i, true, I know was i real. was gonna say that this it's is like, why this podcast no, exists because it's even like I. a little pipette Okay, like a little, I forget what they call it, but yeah. They call
0: it a pipette and you know that because you use it as a play device. Yes, but, I but need it's you to even know like that, smaller they
1: use it they, like a speculum maybe? No. <laughs> it's, it's it's like one of those pipettes you get on one of Amazon tools, and that we right. use to like, that you know, we tie dye play. Absolutely. That's right.
0: Yeah, cuz you know, we can't, you know, we're, we're on a burning Planet, we better recycle, don't you think? Speaking
1: of our Slack channel, don't you love when people are like, Where's the pipette and the salad spinner? It's
0: so good. Guys, (laughs) if you ever need a plaything, buy a salad spinner. They're the most they're the hottest item in that play space, and there are like endless toys, endless materials, and you're the only person I've ever known who like found that to be really fun.
1: Well, actually, there's a few that I I know it it's it's funny because people who believe in open ended play Reggio Amelia like all of this like child based play find some of the same hidden gems. Oh really? So Lisa Zaretsky who does play again. Yeah. She also used them. Brooke Jensen who is our art teacher. I just need to give credit to them as well. I love because, credit. Yeah. I, I think all of us. Not all of us, but.
0: Well, you see the world in a really particular way right. of course we're like kind of veering off the fertility track but i'm cool with that um i'm okay with this i i feel like you see the world through the eyes of a child in a way that only an educator could like a really uh inspired educator does right like
1: yeah i think it's also thinking about what children are into in this non-obvious way so to speak, like you know, of course they can come to you and say, I want a toy car, but before that, if they're really interested in an outlet, it's not like, oh, I'll just get them outlets. It's like, what about <laughs> that are they interested in? What about outlets are they interested I in? I mean it's it's layered, but it could be that it's such a no area in the home that it becomes more enticing. It could be that they want to use more fine motor skills to like take things off. Or put um, things in, right? Right.
0: That's a whole schema. That's a whole. Yeah. So it could be a
1: variety, of- a variety of reasons. But just yesterday in one of the classes, this child was playing with like little metal cups and putting them inside each other, and I just was like, she's probably into vessels, and so I brought over some plastic bottles, like. And she started putting th- it, the, her caregiver was like, "Oh my god, she's gonna love this!" Started putting things inside it, and so I, it's not necessarily so straightforward. But you just get you study children, yeah, the same way you study anything that you're, you know, passionate about, yeah, a professional in, and you think you you build on that,
0: yeah. Often people in these classes will be like, "Oh, I don't know, he just likes to put stuff in stuff, right? Take stuff out of stuff," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's a whole." Part of his development. Pattern in play, yeah, yeah,
1: of figuring things out. It's really, yeah, so interesting when when children, you know, exhibit, like, patterns in their play. Yeah. Because you learn so much about where their head's at, where their development's at, what they're interested in, you get, know.
0: Yeah, you get to know them really quickly. Yeah. You were working as an educator in a daycare. Yes. During um, this fertility yeah, journey, so, right?
1: Yeah, so speed up how does the that? UIs did not work
0: but wait but how does that feel when you're like with children right, and was, your ovaries are like wanting to make children like what felt is that
1: like jealous or bitter or resentful children you know I only felt pangs of that when like I would hear a pregnancy announcement you know, and it's so hard for me to admit. You know, no, admit
0: it so that other people who hear it can admit it. Yeah, it, it, it only to themselves. It was
1: hard, not where you should be ashamed of that, but you know, friends, you just want to be happy for them. Yeah. and then this, this is the first time in my life that people I loved, there was a mix of, like, I guess, not happy. Yeah, you
0: know? jealous or yeah, yeah, or and just, that's like, normal. why
1: did it come easy for them and. That's why I was very private about it initially because, you know, I was very type A and perfectionist and wanted, you know, to exude like, you know, everything comes easy or, or whatever. I have that life, you know, mm-hmm. the, would, all the stuff we saw also on Instagram at the time, I feel, which is part of the story. Um, you know, I, I wanted to maintain that. So yeah. I, it was the first time I was private. I'm I'm very open now and was then too, but not with this.
0: Well, I'm so happy that you mentioned that because it's like, and still now, I think there are probably people who look at you and are like, "Geez, she has everything," and and in many ways, you you are you do, and and you're grateful for it, but not you know, life is life,
1: right? And I don't like pride myself on that stuff mm. anymore. I. I I pride myself on feeling confident enough to be like, I'm going to put all that aside in this really vulnerable moment if it could help any of the people that are on this ride with me.
0: I think it does. I actually remember you like um, a couple of times. There are a couple of photos that come to me, which is like your photo of um, of your belly when you were pregnant with Tess with bruises on it yeah and you were like eating strawberries and I was like wow like it wasn't my journey but it was so um you know it was beautiful I'm not an expert
1: like I'm just a person so if like something I still need to like know about all this yeah did you seek this out
0: I had this idea a long time ago that I didn't similar to you where I didn't want other women to feel so fucking in the dark just feel like women are in the dark about this entire experience around fertility, around raising children respectfully, around their body changing, around a lot of things because they're busy because we were busy, you know, building a life in other ways. but if there's a resource where we can, you know, they can click, you know, surrogacy. there was a technical difficulty, so you know maybe you need to know that but we were picking it up here where i'm i was just telling jenny about why i started this podcast which is i really feel like people are in the dark they're in the dark women are in the dark about the way bodies change respectful parenting ivf and i you know i i'm just i just feel like what if women knew what if your sister right your sister who is an aunt a million times over and who just had a baby, right? Yeah. Uh, so she knows the fertility journey. Like, she knows respectful parenting. And still, there are things that she just yeah. was blind to. I have to...
1: Totally. No, it's, it's so interesting as you're even saying this. I'm like, yes, I. there's so much I wish I knew. But there's also the people out there who think they don't need to know. That was me. Mm. Like, I know it all. Like, a million parents have done this before. Like, I work in early childhood. So I also like this for the person who wants to know to tell the person who thinks they know. <laughs> yeah. Because I would have wanted that too. So anyway, yes, my sister knew so much from me sharing so much, the one who just had the baby, that there were times where she's like, You make me scared to become Right. <laughs> so how do we like
0: how do we not so scare we're people? We're not off?
1: right. We're being on no, no, but that was <laughs> she was very close to seeing like all the, you know. It's hard. It is hard. Yeah. Yeah. So you tried IUI. Yes. Yeah, so tried IUIs in order to get approved for IVF. You have to do a certain amount. Oh. But we were able to actually skip that because of, you know, his stuff too. His stuff too. And before we wanted to go into doing that, I had a few friends think. God, who were such resources to me and I hope that this could be a resource for anyone else who, one in particular was like, you should ask for this specific sonogram because if it's not, oh, if your uterine lining is not you know, a certain way, you could miscarry. And so before doing all this IVF, like they should require it for everybody. So I did it thinking like, you know they're, they're not going to find anything and sure enough, They did, and you know the doctor who I I you know attribute my firstborn with, you know was a little bit like, yeah, I mean it it may or may not have been something, but we should, you know, do a hysteroscopy for it. Like, you know, when you advocate for yourself and you kind of find something that had you not advocated, could have gone a different route. It's probably hard for a doctor to swallow. Yeah. And that maybe the prior me would have been, like, feeling bad to do something like that. But this was the first time I really became, like, this, like, strong, fierce advocate. And it's why I, I changed as – and I think it, a it was a blessing in disguise for me as a mother. You can't be the people pleaser that you may have been when you're a mother. Wow. you got to put them in you first. You yes. have to.
0: yeah. I see that in you, actually. But that was not the old me. I'm so happy. It's the you now.
1: (laughs) So, yeah. Because you're
0: so much better of a caregiver. Yeah. Caretaker. You're a a fantastic boss. And I think it's, I, I, I also attribute that to you taking care of yourself and having your, you know, your needs met and your children's needs met. You also allow for the process to unfold. You allow for it to be a feminine process. You allow me specifically to get better (laughs) every time. You know, I you see um, you you see the best in in everyone you uh, you are the boss of. And you need to
1: what you needed to have graduated to be the boss. You know? (laughs) Right. I had been a director and boss. Before, but differently, like I think, you know, I wasn't as successful at the Mm. employee management, honestly, because I, you know, wasn't, you know, I was always trying to make everyone happy, but the kids needed to be happy yeah, and they couldn't be happy without the right people. But anyway, yeah. So I asked for that. We did a surgery to make sure my uterus had no, you know, issues and and I was ready for IVF but before I did that again I um no so we tried it didn't work and then before we just were going to try again I was like let's see if there's something else that I'm missing and so this same friend was like go to this reproductive immunologist see if there's anything there you know And I did, and everyone says if you go to one, they'll always find something, right? There's always going to be maybe some, like, inflammation or something with our blood or whatnot, but I did have, you know, some family history of, like, lupus and Mm. autoimmune stuff, so Mm. I'm grateful that I did that, and the next one did work, and that's Tess. And obviously, I'm skipping and making this all nonchalant. It was very hard. Waiting is very hard when you're going through IVF, and to know that waiting for the- Reproductive immunologist, immunologist appointment would mean a three-month delay. Like you have to make these really tough decisions, and I'm also someone that is like, I need it now, and so yeah. that was another thing that I learned through fertility that sometimes you have to wait, yeah, for the outcome to be the best it could be.
0: Yeah. So um, I know you were type A, and that you've released that, and that you know, like this sort of like controlling nature. Yes. Right but at the time don't you have to like be on a certain schedule when you're on IVF and they the doctors really do dictate you can be here you have to be here you have to eat this yes. is that that's the sense i get yeah i and, mean and how do you handle in that in some
1: shape or form um yes but you you fully have to take control of making sure you get your injections at the right times and the medications from the right pharmacies and diet and all that diet. considering i was type A I like went full throttle and that Um, felt good because you had control right I I also have talked about somewhere in all the stuff that I've shared that starting the journey of IVF feels better in a way than just waiting not where you should just dive into that but I felt like I was working towards yeah her or him you know I didn't know what I would have and but you
0: could choose right
1: yeah but you didn't know no, the first was a boy we found out after. That didn't. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. And then Tess. Yeah, we just did by, like, best grade okay. of cool. embryo. But, yeah, I think you, especially if you're type A controlling, or just a- anyone, you just are like, okay, I'm working towards it. You know, imagine you, like, really want something and you're just told you have to wait. But then if they're like, you really want something, but you have to do these 10 steps to get there, you feel so much better taking those steps than just like waiting, not knowing when it's going to happen.
0: I saw once in your, you know, chronicling this and even like looking back, there was a calendar full of yeah. So the stuff bruises were
1: from like the injections. But you had the bruises calendar, on your um, belly, yeah. Um, and the calendar was yeah, just very indicative of type A, but. I'm sure now I actually know a friend of a friend who I think is creating an app for all this. Because, yeah, you're expected to, like, just memorize. I don't know. You give
0: yourself the injection or you yeah. get it done?
1: No, you give yourself. Wow. While you're still pregnant or before you're pregnant? It depends on your condition. I had to go through pregnancy until wow. post-pregnancy. Wow. For some of them. So, yeah, I wrote down on a calendar when to do certain yeah, to, to mark off everything. Otherwise, I have no idea how you remember. They have to have invented, like, some sort of...
0: Better system. Yeah. Because that was four years ago.
1: Yeah, more. Like, four and a half, yeah.
0: Surprise, surprise, you have another daughter. Her name is Nell.
1: Yes. Oh, my God. So different in terms of the journey to get them. What do people say, Earthside? I don't know. I'm not Earthside. spiritual, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think you're spiritual in a a different different way. way. Yeah.
0: I led Jenny in her first meditation ever. It was three minutes of her eyes closed. And I was like, I've literally never seen her eyes closed ever. This is amazing. What have I done?
1: And um, and you're like. You you peaked. You were doing great. I'm so proud. Um, So yeah, it was very different to get them here. And yeah, Nell was a surprise. After all that IVF and believing Matt and I both had some stuff And, you know, even getting approved by insurance, which is very hard. It is. It really means that, like, you need IVF. Mm. Um, And it only, you know, puts a small dent in what it all costs. But even that, I was like, okay, I made the right decision, you know. I I gave them all the stuff, and I just think that's, like, an indicator. Anyway, we were convinced we couldn't, naturally. Um, Test was 16 months, and I felt like I had – drank too much, I was at our friend's house in the Hamptons, and the next day I was like, guys, like, I was, like, laying down, I was like, can we go to the diner, (laughs) and then that (laughs) night I was still not feeling well, and my mom was, like, giving me a hard time, like, you know, well, when did you get your period, it's probably because, like, you're, you you didn't get your period, oh, because you're not eating, you know, very, like, mom, yeah, And so I told Matt to get a pregnancy test. I literally thought it was impossible. And I came outside and was freaking out. I was like, I'm pregnant. I wasn't necessarily happy. I was like, I felt a sense of like, oh my God, like, I'm capable of this. Wow. I really did. But I also felt a huge sense of I didn't have enough time with tests. Yeah. Those were the two things. Yeah. I was like, go me, like, oh, my God. Like, that's something that if you do IVF that I felt like, you know, I'm not capable, I guess, on my own. You know, that that did go – and then I came to terms with that. So that was like a really – I just feel <sighs> so happy for you. I also felt – I really – I – I
0: um. Whenever you write about Tess having been 16 months and then, you know, diving into another pregnancy, I had a very similar experience with Ness, who was, I think, 19, I don't know, around the same age when I was pregnant with Paz and, like, that feeling of not having enough
1: time. Yeah. Oof. That's the part that, like, oof. if I start crying, I won't <laughs> stop. Yeah, that,
0: it really, it's it's still so real for me. He's five and I'm like, oof.
1: I know. Oh, oof. And there's, I mean, we could do like eight hours on being a mom of two and the guilt and and all that. <laughs> I don't but, know if it's guilt anymore. It's, it's no, my, no. It, yes, I it, mean like that initial guilt it, it of is, like we didn't have enough time and that this baby's like taking yeah and just.
0: It was initially for me. I mean, it's a lot of things. It's like guilt and I didn't give him enough and oh my god and but, but it's also just like longing. Right.
1: That's yeah. what I mean. Right. Like that time and like, yeah. I mean, I still think about that all the time and, like, comparing the the two. But, yeah, Nell was just completely a surprise to the point where – and I'm open about this, too – I – to get Matt to relax, I was like, you know, it probably isn't going to happen, you know? to fruition. Yeah. Let's just – I I can't even go to the doctor until seven weeks anyway. They don't let you. Yeah. I'm sure if I, like, begged, I could have. But I was kind of just like, let's just, like, process.
0: But, like, for the listener, like, before seven-ish weeks, it's the reason why they delay that is because they're looking for a heartbeat. You Right. Oh, yeah, I was able to go right away for
1: blood. Sure,
0: and that's good news. But they're not, they can't tell you anything
1: beyond that. They won't see anything on a
0: sonogram, really. And they don't know if it's viable until they have a heartbeat and of course even then things things happen happen. which I also
1: went through but yeah yeah um but yeah so then when seven weeks came and we went like I I don't need to get into it but the the guy gave us like a card for like a therapist (laughs) (laughs) I can say all this now because Matt and I are so in love with Nell but the point was that we were in an agreement on what we were gonna do right that's how much this was, like, such a shock. And I am sharing it because, like, you just never know. And I know there's people that are like, oh, I know. And there's, of course, an array of conditions. But I just, yeah. And and there was a an IVF month at the time on Good Morning America. That I, I saw went, that. And they wanted me announce it there, to announce it there, but it was live. And they went, cut to commercial. But I was supposed to announce how the myth that once you do, or, or that, or or yeah, that when you do IVF or once you have a child, it can make your reproductive system kind of on track, so to speak.
0: I, I love the phrase... Um, Not when always, a, of course, but... Yeah, when a, when a baby is born, a mother is born, and I find that on so many levels. Like both
1: literal and, yeah. But
0: also, like, things happen to your body totally. in a way that you are born again.
1: Oh, yeah. Really. For sure. Clearly. yeah. yeah.
0: And Nell is that kind of gal, right? Like, she's just like, I'm here. Totally.
1: (laughs) so unapologetically here, which I love. Like, I mean, both my girls are so different, similar in certain ways. But yes, she is just, you know, and this is another thing I really hope that resonates with people. I say that, you know, I shared very much how Tess was tough, attached, you know, tough in like the emotional sense, but also... Not good with sleeping. So I was like, of course, you get, like, kind of one harder baby. You don't get two. Nell was all of that I mean, times more. Yeah. But I read somewhere today, like, you're given the kids that, of course, you can handle and that you're meant to get. And, you know, people joke it's, like, all oh, because you needed the content. But no. Uh-huh. Like, anyway, Nell, yeah. But you share freely. I think in
0: some cases, myself included, when I'm in the struggle – Um. I just don't have the words to share and make it of value until later. And somehow you have the words. I guess that's part of
1: my – I think it's part of my, like, figuring it out. Yeah, like I need to, like, hit pen and paper. Not Mm -hmm. in the very moment. Obviously, I'm focusing on them. But afterwards, I'm like – I. and it's also I am so much uh, of someone that wants to literally – capture every moment of life and like now I'll get emotional and like save it because time passing and like all that is like one of the things that I clearly should be more spiritual about but like why this is because you know like when and this there's like so many things when you decide you want to become a mom I've heard many people say this you start to have this like feeling of I started to think about death a little bit more oh yeah yeah and yeah, like I would be like with my mom and we were like picking out a wedding dress for my sister. And I was like thinking about how she wouldn't be there necessarily, maybe for all of my like, I, just you start to think about all of that so much more. So anyway, I'm like someone clearly that loves photos, but also loves like, I just want to remember like everything, like yeah. smells. And like, I just love life yeah. i guess and you're so good at my <laughs> kids just like embody all that so anyway yeah i think part of it is like being able to document truly like i'm such that person that did scrapbooks and photos until i had no way of keeping up with it yeah so that but also finding value in it learning myself growing myself and then hope and then i guess helping others do the same through that yeah and you're
0: an, a natural educator that's, right, like it's also my That's the alchemy. You know, and it's, it's like, what
1: I'm praying that my girls are okay with when they realize I've done this. I've done this to them. I never thought Well, they thought are the most
0: beautiful, artistic, empathetic spicy children and they really are so delightful to watch grow for the rest of us and i i, I hear you yeah. that you're like wait am i supposed to like keep that private well because i don't right, know it's
1: all about respectful parenting it's not so respectful but don't document your child's life <laughs> for the public eye <sighs> unless it's for the greater good right yeah
0: and unless like they, and anyway one yeah. day they'll tell you yay or nay
1: Right. Know. No, That's- and there's times no picture. Okay, no picture. Mm-hmm. So tell us.
0: Um, I do think that if people knew about Rye and respectful parenting, yes. they, you know, they they might find a more artful way of um, being around children from the very beginning. They might enjoy it more. Um, they might feel a more spiritual relationship with themselves and other people and um and children i I actually find you very spiritual but right and like a different i agree in a very practical way um but it does sometimes come off like wait that seems like a lot more work so can you speak to that and maybe just give us like an overview of what this thing might be and
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely recently at top of mind too. Like just last night, I posted, "Why does this all matter?" You know, and we'll get into all the, you know, that stuff. But I think when you start at the level of finding out about all this before your child's even here, you you comprehend really early on why it matters. When you're like later on, you're just like, wait, but. My kids have, like, you you know, but learning, anyway. Learning doesn't happen
0: when you're in the red right. zone, as my oh, yeah. son's OT would say. Like, it doesn't happen when you're in fight or flight, but if you're in a more receptive space of learning. Right. When there's not a baby and there when needing a bottle. You haven't
1: started parenting. You know, it's really, it was hard for me to learn about respectful parenting and more um, specifically or officially called at least one approach, Rye, Resource for Infant, Educators. It was hard for me to learn about that five years into my early childhood professional journey because I had done things, and not bad. If you're not respectfully parenting, it doesn't mean you're a bad parent, but I had done things that suddenly felt so not respectful. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Not neglectful, not mean, not... Bad. Bad. Just not respectful. Right. And when you really start to understand the difference between love and respect, Mm. you learn – your world transforms. And it's why Mm. also at the same time of this or or similar time, you know, I I was coming out of – I'm still a people pleaser. But like starting to realize I can – you know love children but am i respecting
0: them you right. know like if i love them i'm trying to I wouldn't make them give happy them candy but is all that day. good
1: for them like right
0: i gave my son always? cake like cuz i went to this event that we were just talking about last night without him and i was like i felt guilty so i was like feeding him my guilt via this cake that kept oh. him up until very late and right. now he you know he woke up totally grumpy well, yeah, and- that's love and it is love certainly but it's not respect. Respect is the idea that this is a child who can handle missing me. And you can handle missing being
1: me. like not the good the guy good or whatever. I yeah, know. This is a Which journey. Is like, this oh, is a such an ego like our thing too. So the okay, difference I'm- between
0: love, right? So I, I love him and I want to give him what he wants and I want him to be happy. But I as the parent know what a boatload of cake is going to do for him right at bedtime. If I respect that he is a person on a journey who can handle the feelings of missing his mother, who can also resource himself and go to sleep and wake up and know that we're there for him, and that he can withstand wanting the cake and waiting for it in the morning, that's respect. That's respecting his journey. That's also respecting myself and my needs for him to go to sleep on time and to wake up not grumpy. So,
1: um... Yeah, and I was going to say, can you even give, like, examples from, like, when you have your newborn, right? Like, we, I mean, so badly want them not to cry, right? A newborn crying is really tough. It sounds like a siren. And we respond every time they cry. But when we respond, and this was why it was, like, a little hard for me when I became a parent, when we respond by just shushing or distracting we're not really helping them long-term. And I don't mean like right at you know, so that was hard for me. I'm like, but I'm shushing her. Is it not respectful? And the truth is it's survival at first. I would talk to my mentors and be like, I'm not talking through the emotions because she's just crying more and she has reflux and I have to shush her and that's all okay. It's more the mentality around it. If we start doing that without learning about respectful parenting, then when they become toddlers, we're so used to this way of, Oh, get the toy, get this, distract, distract. And then, you know, fast forward even more. It's like adults who really can't handle. Well, like, I'm, I'm simplifying very yes. much so. So instead, if we can like really slow down a little bit. So when a baby cries, you, you I think you might be hungry. I'm going to go get your bottle now. You know, as opposed to shushing and, you know, start communicating right away. We're respecting them while also addressing their emotions a lot of people think you know especially with rye that it's like crying it out and it's like trying to toughen them up it's absolutely i think the opposite we're trying to set them up for success in life and you know
0: having feelings is part of it
1: right also being
0: embodied right so the experience of a toy or a pacifier, which I know we have both used before, but either way, or a bottle or whatever it is, cake.
1: Yeah, the pacifier, I'm like, I'm plugging her with a pacifier. And You're I'm doing silent. great. Yeah. You're
0: doing great. But things that are outside of ourselves, right, that soothe us, they do. Television, social media, Whatever you know, drugs, alcohol, fun. This is fun. This is good. But when we are over reliant on these outside sources, then we it. have a problem. Right. So what if we? What if we taught our children how to rely on themselves? So much of what I am learning these days is a matter of reparenting. Not because my parents didn't love me; they love me oh my so God. much. Yeah. But when a child is crying, it sends a zing in our like systems. Probably because
1: we were like rushed to, like we were an emergency to stop. And it's like natural, right? To hear discomfort is so hard. Yeah. I don't think anyone, even me who's been around crying endlessly, you know, in my career, (laughs) can just become okay with it. You know, it's more about putting ourselves and our discomfort aside for the sake of being there for a child. When we respond to a child trying to quickly stop them from crying, are we really doing it because we're uncomfortable or because
0: Mm. we
1: want them to stop crying? Probably both. (laughs) But when we put our discomfort aside entirely, we start to be able to really see in a calm way what's best for them right now. Of course I don't want them to cry, but if just giving them the cake or just allowing them to – Play with the outlet is going to stop them crying. That's not helping them, you know. Or, or you know, setting boundaries. You know, I want ten more minutes of TV. Respecting them is saying you really want ten more minutes of TV, but it's late, and I want you to get a good night's sleep. You're allowed to be upset about that. We're not going to keep the TV on. I mean, talk to the old Jenny who was literally, like, playing with the kid's hair when I was a teacher, like, setting zero boundaries. Like, I, I just wanted to be – everyone be obsessed with me. I'm the best teacher. Totally. I, like, can't even believe I'm this mom now. But it's because of respectful parenting. It gives me such conviction to know this is how you really love and yeah. parent. Yeah. And I, I know everyone loves their kids. I'm saying this is, the I think, like, the, the highest example of love.
0: I, um, also know that when you can set boundaries and I watch this with you and you are such a mentor for me in this way because I don't go out or, you know, like party or go you on day nights. I don't, but I watch oh you and I'm like so proud of you and I'm so inspired by you because, you know, I, I, I haven't unlocked that unmeshment entirely, but I do know oh my. that my joy matters that my fulfillment matters very much to them. Like it is the only way a child knows yes, how to experience that the world that and joy. You know, I watch you doing, like there are some like videos of Jenny doing her like beach curler waves. <laughs> and like it that might night. seem, it might seem um, unimportant, but in fact to feel good in your own skin as a mother To know that you're uncomfortable with my beach waving and I trust that you can move through that and that I can serve my own needs is actually very respectful and way,
1: way healthier for them. A hundred percent. And I think there's a lot of people who would see that at the surface and think it's, selfish or self-focused and I actually I don't think I ever shared it there was one time I was beach waving and taking a deep (laughs) breath and I heard the tumult or like all the crying and I I was like I can't share this it's not about oh I need to look pretty or I need to do my hair it was like I need a second right and but but that to me at that moment was probably secondary to this is good for my kids I can't even tell you, I so easily could have been the parent who didn't, you know, build up my children's confidence to know you're okay even when we're separate. Right. They were born, like, that was part of the difficulty, like, attached. I mean, all of that. are, I Well, you're are, great. I, I would want but to hang like, out with you all the time, too. And it's still like that and still sometimes suffocating. But I, I knew. Suffocating. Oh, it, 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 I know. I just went to the diner with my friend who's. And her fiance and she's just like I, I I, can't like I don't know what I'm gonna do she's not a parent yet she needs space yeah she's a person and I guess seeing yeah I, I don't I don't know if it's evident how you've definitely seen the girls in your class like it, yes. yeah okay so you know I know like taking a moment for a beach weaving with that like it's you have to okay anyway and it's also good for them it's good for children to have confidence to know I'm okay even when I need I I feel like I have to have mommy yeah and to work through that and be like I I wanted her so bad but I don't have to have her that's right
0: yeah and also mommy's a different person than me which makes me a different person than her
1: right which is so important right like I mean for so many reasons but yes the the clinginess the whininess the like you can't breathe I was not prepared for that yeah. And I worked with children. I I was not prepared for that at all, and I think there's a, a range, right? I don't think all children are as extreme as that. But you do seem to take
0: time for yourself. You 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 you're the boss. Of I how wonder many, if how it's related locations? though. Oh because you do need time for yourself in order to be resourced and full so that you can be respectful. Maybe that's why you take the time I for yourself. I think it might
1: be why, why I you want dress to so hold beautifully. So.
0: No, really. I actually <laughs> noticed that like since you've been a mother like your wardrobe has gotten better and I, I no, I see it. I actually
1: think you're right.
0: I am right. I see the videos. I
1: it, it's like right and that takes different shapes and forms for everyone, right? Like some people are like I want to take time to work out or I want to take time for date night. We, we do friend stuff, but a date it. night for me and Matt is not – like it's rarely just going out. It's like just at home. But I'm saying it, it's different for everybody. And, yes, sometimes you hold on to those things more. And for me, yes, like my sense of um, – what's it called? Expressing myself – through clothes or, I, I guess, matters mo- a little bit more now.
0: And also your entrepreneurial yeah, spirit I think has really flourished. To I think sometimes the, the clinginess act- can, or in this case, from what I see, the clinginess almost inspired, whoa, 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 whoa. We need some space. We need space. I need space. I count. In fact, my, my right. needs and my expression counts for you. I get it. You want me. And... This is what's what's best. And it, it has resulted in how many locations are there of Union Square
1: Play? There's going to be eight. Eight locations. But right now, there's two that people know about. Mm. Great. <laughs> so in like or just a few, well, you know I think everything because you work with Union Square Play. I don't know. But
0: I yeah. only know of, of the three. Oh, but I only knew of the five. I didn't know of eight. But I'm not great with math, so it's possible. <gasps>
1: I just want to quickly wrap up that that sentiment before, because I think when you become a mom and you feel like you don't have time to shower or whatever, no. I, I went through that to an extreme, like baby in the bouncer while I'm in the shower, like with a foot outside. Like, I, I don't want anyone listening to me and you talking about like, no, 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 like foot, clothes and all this, like thinking like, how do you even have time? Like, I didn't. Uh, you know, have that time. And I think that when you start to see little windows and your children get older, you, you find time and you're able to give, put yourself in places that feel like you need. I just want to put that disclaimer. Totally. That, like, it takes and- time and, you know, I, I and to give into that, not sacrificing of yourself entirely ever, but, you know, like it comes. That no. even,
0: a, like, an educator, someone who knows children well, someone, you know, who's a professional mom, yeah. as they say, is in it sometimes. Oh, my God, yeah. I, I, I only meant to celebrate what was possible when you yeah. are out of the fog, yes, out yes. of the... Brainwashing, you and know sometimes you go
1: back to the fog, we and, need right. to be Absolutely.
0: everything for everyone all the time, a hundred percent, I just see a lot of of that perfectionism that people pleasing I see it having dissipated from you, and like, and we're all we all benefit from that, yeah, from you being your fullest bestest self, I think we you all benefit that. from that, because and we- I hope that the listener can can really take that in, yeah. You know,
1: and, that right. there's nothing to be
0: ashamed of in thriving.
1: Totally. And nothing to be ashamed of when you change in motherhood, right? Yeah. You might not be who you were before, but you could be someone better. Yeah. Um, Union Square Play is my third child. <laughs> um, with my incredible partners, Sandra DiCaprio and Anthony Rudolph, who I met when... I was leading respectful parenting groups. Sandra was sent to my group with her four month old through a friend at, you know, an, a school. I was renting a space in a school. And she came, and long story short, after those eight weeks, she's like, come see this space my partner and I have. We, we think we're going to make it a play space. Anyway, the three of us got married <laughs> in business, and we hope our changing the parenting world in a way where everyone is more open to asking for help more open to coming together to respectful parenting and you know just having fun yeah. on this journey and being okay with being vulnerable and asking for help like when people come into our space we're like hand me your baby park the stroller, you know, just being okay with that stuff. Like, don't come in here thinking you have to do it all. Like, we're here. Yeah. Um, But Union Square Play really puts children at the forefront. It's a play space that has become a lot more. And Well, you have mom groups also, right? Yes. And even
0: beyond the space during the pandemic, you didn't have a physical space, but you were operating at full blast.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's we a community. Totally right? a community. And... A resource for for parents and caregivers to come to both in person, to follow along on social media, and to get to benefit from our amazing educators like you. Me, <laughs> I I love working for
0: you and with you, and um, I, I I like um, I like being your follower on Instagram. Where can we find you on Instagram, by the way?
1: So my Instagram is at Jenny Moness and... Not with a Y, it's I-E Everyone J-E-N-N-I-E-M-O-N-N-E-S-S. It used to be so much easier when it was Mo Mommies, but you can also lead to me by going to Mo Mommies. But anyway, at Union Square Play is... The business side. Yeah. Yeah. At Jenny Mones is the raw motherhood journey with some lots of guidance and beach experience waving. and beach waving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which
0: as we now know is a very deep experience. Yes. <laughs> um, Jenny, thank you so much. Did we miss anything that you wanted to well, share with the mom curious crowd by No, any chance? but
1: I, I would love to beach wave your hair except you don't need it. Well that's because I go to Tri bar. Oh, amazing.
0: If you'd like to be a Sponsored driver. <laughs> we, no, you can reach me elite. at 917-804-7587. Oh my God. That's my actual I phone number. You. I love you. <laughs> <laughs>